Welcome to this episode of Van Attorney's Legal Pad Podcast. This is a podcast by Van Attorney's PLLC, a law firm of attorneys licensed to practice law in the state of North Carolina. The content of this podcast is not to be considered legal advice for any particular situation or case, and this podcast does not constitute creating an attorney-client relationship. Welcome to another episode of Van Attorney's Legal Pad Podcast. We are really thankful that you have uh, dialed in and are listening to this today, or maybe it's logged in. I'm not sure. What do you do? You know, I'm not even sure if it's dial in or log in for a podcast, but uh, I'm not sure mine come to my <laughs> cell phone through an app. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, we're glad you're here. Um, we're going to be talking today uh, about uh, looking in de- digging deeper into deposition. So Ian Richardson and myself, James Van, uh, we're, we're with Van Attorneys. We're attorneys here in uh, Raleigh. We cover the state of North Carolina, thankfully. Um, and we're going to be talking about depositions. Uh, and so, you know, Ian and I, that's that's something that we do quite often. And we know a lot of our clients uh, sometimes have, have had experiences with deposition, other times not so much. Um, and and I, I will tell you, if I, had, I think if I were being deposed, I'd probably be a little bit nervous. Um, and certainly not knowing what uh, the other side is going to be looking for or what the questions are going to be. Hopefully this episode will help you um, just having a greater understanding of that. And Ian, I, as, as part of this podcast, I thank you so much for coming up with the idea, but also uh, helping us with our outlines and coming up with, with great content. So I think you're going to kick us off. Yeah. So what we're going to do today is dig deeper into depositions. And we've spoken uh, about this topic a number of times before on earlier episodes Um, just kind of the nuts and bolts. And today's not going to be so much nuts and bolts of depositions. Uh, We're going to hit that just briefly, uh, just as a refresher. But what we're going to do today for the most part is uh, take a deeper dive into depositions, tell a few stories about things that have gone well and things that have gone not so well, so that hopefully we can all learn from those experiences. But uh, just generally as a refresher, Uh, A deposition is a discovery tool that's used in cases that are in litigation where the lawyers in the case seek to get sworn testimony from either parties to the lawsuit or other witnesses uh, in the case. And what happens is everyone, uh, if we're doing an in-person deposition, which uh, really is about all that's allowed in North Carolina right now with some limited exceptions and workarounds, Uh, But if we're doing an in-person deposition, everyone comes to a conference room. Um, The court reporter places the witness uh, under oath, and then the lawyers in the case will ask that witness uh, questions about uh, issues in the case. So uh, what I usually tell people is mostly anything is fair game and discovery. It uh, is a little more relaxed than what you might see at a trial. Uh, discovery uh, has a lower standard than relevance. So uh, lawyers can ask any questions they want to within reason. I mean, there are times when we will step in and say, you're not going down that road without a court order. But uh, for the most part, anything is going to be fair game. And in terms of timing, uh, it really depends on which court you're in as to whether there's an upper limit for the amount of time that someone can spend on the record with a witness I believe in most business court cases in North Carolina, the court imposes a seven-hour limit on depositions. 
Um, but I would say that in most cases, depositions are completed in the course of a day, whether you've got that strict time limit or not. And in a lot of cases, a deposition will only last an hour or two, depending on the witness and the type of case. Uh, sometimes we have eight-hour depositions, but I would say those are the exception as opposed to the rule in most cases we see. Uh, and like I said, uh, generally the witness is going to have to ask or answer every question that is asked uh, unless their attorney instructs them not to. And there's a few limited exceptions when we will instruct a witness not to answer. And usually that uh, has to do with a privilege of some sort, the most common one being the attorney-client privilege. But for the most part, if you've been uh, called upon to answer questions at a deposition, you need to be comfortable with the fact that you need to answer every question that's asked of you. So that's kind of the, the nuts and bolts refresher. James, why don't you walk us through preparing for a deposition and things that you should do? Absolutely. And Ian, thanks so much for giving us getting us started on that. And, you know, just preparing for the deposition is really key. Uh, the great thing about it is most times uh, witnesses are not required, uh, and certainly the, under the rules of civil procedure in North Carolina, witnesses are not required to go study stuff and memorize stuff, right, and just have it all in your head, right? There's just no way that that is, number one, is feasible. Um, but sort of the, to get started, listen to whatever your attorney instructs you about, right? So listen to the attorney, ask the attorney questions before, this is, again, before the deposition, hopefully maybe a week or a couple of days ahead, uh, just so that you understand what uh, to, to expect, number one. Um, you know, I would say show up early for the deposition so that you're not um, running behind schedule. So, you know, just from the stress standpoint, you can always meet your attorney probably at the, wherever you're going to have the deposition a little bit early just so you can get the nerves out, right? But listen to what the instructions are from your attorney. Um, some cases, your attorney is going to instruct you to review documents, right? Look at the pleadings and other materials to get ready. And then sometimes for strategic reasons, you may be instructed not to look at anything before the deposition and just to show up and testify as to what you know. Um, most lawyers will always ask what documents you reviewed in preparation. That is, when you get there, they won't say, all right, what did you do? What did you review? What did you look over? Um, that kind of thing. And you need to be able to give them an honest answer uh, consistent with whatever you and your attorney came up with uh, for the strategy for the case. Also, and Ian, I know you've done this quite often too, is the, uh, the depositions can be videotaped. And part of the reason um, people want to have it videotaped is so that witnesses can see body action or body reaction, uh, just in body language to questions, uh, but also in case for some reason something happens to that witness and they're unable uh, to uh, be at the trial for whatever reason, if it's death or whatever, right, they already have the sworn testimony and can... Uh, show that to the, the, the jury or the judge. Um, and so having, having no, you'll know that ahead of time, your deposition, but knowing that ahead of time is, is key because obviously you want to look, you want to be prepared, right? You want to look um, appropriately, whatever the, the case presents itself for, but also um, think about what your appearance are, is uh, to others, right? Um, so as you talk, we talked about if you looked at stuff right uh, at a document, the other side hasn't requested that in discovery, that might be setting you up for um, 
um, some explanation as to why you haven't produced that to the other side if they've already had a request for production of documents. So really think through what documents you're going to be looking at um, and talk with your attorney before that. Because if, if number one, I mean, I, Ian and I, and I know most lawyers, I think, do this. I certainly hope that most lawyers do or all lawyers do. In discovery, you need to, for example, they ask for documents and you've already produced those. You need to read the question or the document production very thoroughly and then provide that, right? Whatever documents they've asked will provide that so that you're not playing a, um, a hide and seek game because that's that's not a good place to be in if you're not being honest on those things. Um, so, again, just think through what you're looking at and because they're going to ask you what you looked at, right? The other thing, some just some other things to do is um, the, the phrase don't go rogue, right? Uh, if your attorney uh, gives you instructions to review, uh, you need to review it, right? If they say don't, don't review it. Or if they say, hey, look, you know, this is how we're going to address these things. They're not telling you the answer to the questions, uh, but they're giving you guidance for how to uh, think about what your response is to certain questions. Really try to follow it the best you can. And again, we talked earlier about meet with your lawyer. It's not reviewing documents. Uh, reviewing necessarily is the same as is not preparing. You should meet with your lawyer. Uh, they'll explain in detail what to expect, how, you know, what time it's going to start, where it's going to be. Um, you know, some people, when you see a court reporter, uh, they several different. There are several ways to record the um, the question and answer, uh, and sometimes it looks completely different, right? I mean, they're talking into a, a microphone that you can't necessarily see their mouth moving, and it's pretty. It's, it's really interesting, especially if you've never seen it. Um, certainly, going through some practice questions could be um, what the other side is. You think they're going to anticipate where they, where they're going. Is can be a really good idea. I, I don't know about you, and I try to tell people I, I don't do a script because if I do a script, I'm going to mess it up. I promise you, right? Uh, that's why I never was good at plays in high school. <laughs> um, I'm going to screw that up. So what I usually tell witnesses is we're going to we're going to let you tell your story, whatever that is. Uh, but but have the prep uh, the preparation sessions. It's protecting you and helping. Um, you be ready for it, but it's also a good, you know, a good part of it is attorney client privilege. So you can have great conversations about that. Another really great uh, piece of advice uh, that we've come up with is just try to relax as best you can. Um, it, again, being deposed is not necessarily the easiest job, but at the same time, it's part of the process. Uh, and that's your one job at that time period, right? So be prepared, try to relax, right? Uh, we're going to talk about some things, uh, but, you know, listen to what they're asking you um, and then answer that. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, most important is to tell the truth. As long as you're telling the truth, you're doing what's really required of you. Um, and a deposition is not a test uh, that you've got. It's either pass or fail, right? Um, it's an interview where you answer truthfully. And it's, this is really key. It's under oath, right? It's as though you were sitting in a courtroom. Uh, so, again, just think through that and make sure that you're being 100% honest in your answers. Um, so, Ian, help us figure out some things that we should not do, I guess, in, in prepping for a deposition. Sure. And what I would say is uh, kind of uh, everything you just went through, uh, don't do the opposite of those things. <laughs> um, but uh, the key thing is don't ignore your lawyer's advice and instruction. Uh, so if they've prepped you and gone through 
um, kind of uh, not telling you the answers, but how to think about questions, how to think about issues. Uh, don't ignore that. Um, and also critically important is don't hide things from your lawyer. What I tell people is assume that whoever is taking your deposition knows everything about you, not just everything about this case, but everything about you, every bad thing you've ever done, just everything uh, that you may or may not want someone to know, uh, assume that they've got proof of it. So uh, you're not going to, uh, in most cases, be able to outrun any of those issues. And your lawyer needs to have at least that much information so that they can get you ready. Uh, they, they need to know where all of the, the landmines in your case are so that they can kind of direct uh, everything they can away from those and uh, talk through how to deal with any of those issues should they come up during the deposition. Because otherwise, you're uh, in a situation where these bad issues might come up and you haven't even talked to your lawyer about it and you're just out there on your own. So talking with your lawyer about the bad parts of your case in addition to the good parts uh, is really, really important. Um, the other thing is don't try to be your own lawyer. You're paying a lot of money uh, to your lawyer who has experience in litigation and defending depositions and getting people ready for depositions. So you need to let them be in charge of the prep and how we get ready. That's not to say that you shouldn't ask questions. In fact, uh, you should not be afraid to ask questions. You need to understand the process, but you also have to trust the process and trust your lawyer and that they're getting you ready to do your job, which is to answer the questions truthfully. Uh, the final thing I would say is don't talk about your prep with anyone unless you cleared it with your lawyer first. And I think most of the time the lawyers are going to say, absolutely not. Don't talk about what we talked about with that person. Um, there are two issues there. The first one is you could be waiving your attorney-client privilege, which you don't want to do. Uh, the other issue is it may create additional depositions. I've had situations before where I'll always ask whoever I'm deposing, uh, who'd you talk about uh, this deposition with before uh, we got here today? And obviously the lawyers usually uh, mention, but sometimes they'll give me a list and five, 10 people that they have talked to about this, usually because they're nervous. Well, that potentially creates five or 10 more depositions that we need to go and take, depending on what those people may or may not know. Uh, and we also may find out about uh, witnesses that had previously been disclosed to us uh, because for whatever reason, the person being deposed felt it necessary to go and talk to whoever about the fact this deposition was upcoming. So there's a lot of risk with talking about uh, your case with anyone that's not your lawyer, but uh, especially talking about your deposition prep with anyone that's not your lawyer. Um, so hopefully that helps on things not to do. Um, James, one of the best ways to really help people understand depositions, in my opinion, is to tell some stories. So do you have a, a deposition story that uh, worked out well for one of your clients you'd like to share with us? I do. Um, and, you know, it really goes in, lends into what you just talked about. Uh, we both did is, is listen to what your attorney tells you and follow the instructions. Right. So this was a deposition and it had to do with a uh, it was a business corporate uh, dispute about uh, among uh, shareholders. And um, 
thankfully it was it didn't like interrupt the business necessarily but it was about the shareholder who who was or what the value of the business was uh to buy somebody out and uh, our client uh that was being deposed we were prepping and the other side man they were just like shooting arrows at us constantly they didn't, we didn't really think they had a case but obviously you got to defend right you, you prepare for bear and you hope that you can get it taken care of a lot less than that but um we we started prepping for the deposition and um our client uh was or is he was a an amazingly um educated uh both book wise but also he has great street grid right i mean he's just got amazing abilities to read people um and he's the he's the president right the ceo of a fairly large corporation probably a corporation so and i say this with all due respect he's you know we got a little ego right um and he was very involved in the uh, interaction with this case so he it, it was really personal to him as well um so quite frankly, honestly, I was fearful he was going to go in there and just like turn the table over and, you know, say, well, this is what I told you. And, you know, it was not going to turn out good. But I had told him, listen to the question, ask, answer the question and then stop. Uh, that's generally some of a lot of advice that I give clients, right, or, or witnesses that we're helping. Um, so he went in and the other side, a great lawyer. Uh, so, so good. Uh, generally speaking um and he he i think the other side the other attorney thought that he was just going to roll this guy over in his the questions he was asking and i i don't think i've ever seen anybody do this this well so the the attorney would ask a question of my client our our client list stopped or once the question was finished he, he just sort of stopped and he looked at him he would repeat the question from the attorney and he would either answer it or he would say, you use the word, whatever the word was, right? In the question, I'm not sure what you mean by that word, whatever that was, right? And it literally took the feet out from the other side. Uh, we thought this would be about an eight hour to 15 hour deposition. I think we were done in about four and a half hours. It totally unraveled the other side. I could not believe it. And uh, he was not arrogant about it. He wasn't rude about it. And, you know, Ian, you've seen these things where, you know, the witness you know, gets a question asked. And they go, yes, no, yes, no. And I, I, I tell our clients to think about this. If you're if you're deposing, if you're being deposed, right, or you're, you're on the witness stand and you say yes, no, yes, no to the other, the other side's questions. And then we ask you questions and it becomes like a um melody song you know sung by the sweetest of birds right it those people the judge or the jury is going to see wait a minute why are you so you know rude to one side and so warm and fuzzy to the other i don't want that to look like that i want it to look like it's just i'm telling my story right this client listened he answered the questions where he didn't understand the words or the terms he asked for clarification and it literally undid the other side it was awesome um because we took a break I, I i think we broke for lunch we came back and i thought you know surely we'll be here at eight o'clock at night or whatever like 2 30 the lawyer said yeah that's enough <laughs> thinking, oh my God. so anyway, that was the that was i still use that as an example uh, and i tell that client all the time when i talk to him 
I use that example with our clients today. He did an awesome job. So, Ian, what about you? What what positive story do you have? Um, so, first of all, I'll just say from your story that uh, it's incredibly important whenever you're being deposed to always feel comfortable to ask the other lawyer to clarify a word or to clarify mm-hmm. uh, the question. Uh, so, you know, that's a, a great takeaway from that story. But also, I think whenever I'm taking a deposition, there is so much of it that depends on the flow and the rhythm. And if I've got somebody who's a witness that is figuring out a way to obstruct that, and there's a pretty blatantly obvious way to do it, which is just the yes, no, I'm not going to tell you anything you haven't asked uh, strategy versus this more uh, polite and kind and thoughtful way to do it. Either way, um, it really disrupts uh, our effort trying to take a deposition. So that's a good story. Um, But in terms of my story that worked out pretty well for us, it actually comes from either the first or second deposition I ever took. Uh, I'd been practicing right around six months. I took two depositions on uh, the same day. So I can't remember which order this one came from. Uh, we had, uh, kind of like in James's story, a prominent, well-qualified, brilliant lawyer on the other side of the case. Uh, but he had a problem that no matter how good of a lawyer you are, you just really can't get around. And that's that his client had not been honest with him. Uh, in our case, we were representing a plaintiff in a premises liability case. Uh, and we had done some written discovery, asked for all documents related to similar problems uh, as the one we were complaining about that we said caused our client to slip and fall. Um, And as is usually the case in premises liability cases, uh, we got basically nothing in discovery. Uh, So on a whim, I had decided to search online for the type of business we were dealing with and uh, various websites where people post reviews and comments related to this type of business. And as luck would have it, I mean, it was really dumb luck for us. There were several uh, posts across multiple of these websites complaining about the exact problem that we were complaining about in our lawsuit, uh, which had caused our client to slip and fall. So I, I printed all those off, had them ready to go to the deposition. And when I pulled those documents out and started going through them one by one with the corporate representative for the defendant, the mood of the entire deposition changed. Uh, and then, you know, to make matters even worse, this guy testifies in his deposition. Oh, yeah, we didn't produce anything about that because we have a policy still to this day <laughs> of shredding and destroying all these documents. I mean, they're out there on these websites, but all their internal documents, they just get rid of those. Um, and we had sent a preservation letter. So <laughs> they had a number of problems by virtue of those depositions. And thankfully, the case settled pretty quickly after that. Uh, so I would say the key takeaways from that are be honest with your lawyer, uh, because even the best lawyer really can't do anything with being blindsided by a client who mm. wasn't honest. Um, unfortunately, James, uh, things don't always go that well. So do you have any <laughs> stories where maybe things uh, didn't work out exactly the way we wanted I- to do? I, I do, and, and I'm going to tell one short. I actually want to tell two because one is really, really short, um, and the other one is a great. It thankfully didn't happen to me. It happened to the other side. But so the other side of that is we had a client one time who we had prepped and talked about, um, listen to the question, answer the question, and then stop. And this client um, 
did not stop. It literally, every question asked of this client um, just went into a long dissertation about the question and everything around the question, anything that came to this client's mind about that question or anything else. And I could not, we took, we took a break about an after, after an hour into, you know, we, I, we were in the hallway and I looked at this client and I said, you are not following what I told you. Yes, I am. Yes, I swerving down. And thankfully this client's um, spouse was with us and the client's spouse said, and I mean, got up in the spouse's face and said, you're not doing what they told you. Um, and it was, inter- it was really interesting. We went back in after that, after we literally boxed their ears quite hard in the hallway, uh, it got a lot better. Uh, but again, don't ramble, answer the question and stop. Right. And if you're ever in this situation, we'll talk about it a lot. The other side of this, I would tell you, and I had this happen, uh, fairly early on in my practice. Um, we were sitting in this conference room, Ian. And I was sitting over there to your right client or the, 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 the guy I was deposing was in front of me. And I can't remember the issue involved, but I was asking him questions. There was a, it was a subject matter he did not want to talk about, but was obligated to talk about. And I wasn't going to let him go on it, right? He was trying to avoid answering you know, the question and answering the subject matter. I wasn't going to let him do it. And it got very heated. He slammed the table uh, with his two hands, stood up and leaned over. I thought I was going to get hit, right? He, he was going to punch me right there. And I thought to myself, if he punches me, I'm going to pick up the phone and call the sheriff's office or the police office and have him arrested, right? I mean, it had gotten that confrontational. And I remember, thankfully, the court reporter was still taking down what was happening. And I, for the record, made sure that the court reporter took down that the defendant or the opposing side had slammed the table and you know was leaning over the table and threatening me and um i said we're going to go off the record in just a few minutes and i'm sure you're gonna have some time with your attorney um i said but you know if if this gets into a physical match the police will be called his the, the attorney was the opposing side was just he couldn't believe his client had done that right the, the here's the takeaway don't let anger or frustration get to you in a deposition or anytime. Right. But certainly in a deposition, uh, they, they went to their car, um, and outside and talked about it for 15, 20 minutes and came back in. And I, I pulled the attorney aside. I was like, it, is he, is he good to go? And he's like, yep. Um, and we started into the, the same questioning and thankfully he answered the questions, but he had shown his cards at that point. Right. Had I videoed that and could show that to a judge later. But it was interesting. And like you said in your case a minute ago, that case settled pretty quickly after that. Um, but just don't lose your cool, right? It's If you're frustrated, if anxieties, just say, I've got to take a break, right? And that's okay. So anyway, hopefully that, that's a, a story that didn't go so well for the other side. How about you? Can you share a negative or a story or a Debson story that maybe didn't go the way you were thinking it would? Yeah, I've got two. One of them just popped in my had uh, a few minutes ago based on something you said but uh, uh, one thing that's interesting you mentioned videotape and I, I have sort of uh, subscribed to this theory recently that if a deposition's worth taking it's worth videotaping uh, because you really never know what's going to happen and what's going to set the person being deposed off and you can have uh, 
situations where if all, all you have is a written transcript, um, it just really doesn't capture the emotion or the facial expressions or anything like yeah. that that may be useful later. So uh, I always encourage people to pay the extra to have the videographer there because sometimes uh, that just really changes the outcome of the case. Um, but uh, my first negative story deals with uh, what I still say is the worst situation I've ever had during a deposition. And thankfully this was a number of years ago. Um, and it was another premises liability case. And I, I promise I don't just do premises liability <laughs> cases, but some of the best uh, deposition stories tend to come from them. Um, I represented this lady who was just incredibly nice. She had slipped and fell in a parking lot uh, out uh, somewhere in the western part of the state. And uh, prior to taking the case, we had done an inquiry into her criminal background and done all of our due diligence um, and everything came back clean. You know, this lady straight as an arrow. Um, unfortunately, after we were retained, she uh, got charged with some fairly serious crimes. They were not newsworthy, worthy, but uh, still serious. Um, and her deposition rolled around, and then the common question came up, have you ever been charged with a crime? I ask that in virtually every deposition I take, and uh, most of the time my clients get asked that question as well. And instead of just giving the answer, which I thought she was going to give, which was <laughs> no, uh, she turned to me and asked, do I have to answer that? And at this point, I'm getting a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and I just told her, yes, you do. Absolutely. Um, and at the same time, I start pulling out my iPad to do a quick search of pending criminal cases because uh, I figured that was the only way that we could have missed this if it was something that happened after we got involved. And as it turned out, she had been charged with uh, a number of uh, felonies for obtaining property by false pretenses. And yeah, even though we had prepped the witness, uh, we didn't really focus on that point because of our earlier uh, research that didn't reveal anything and just didn't seem like it was going to be an issue. And she didn't bother mentioning it to me, which kind of goes back to this uh, point I made earlier of tell your lawyer every bad thing about you and assume the other lawyer already knows it. Um, that way we can deal with it. Um, but you know, in premises liability cases, which uh, I really don't do hardly any of anymore, uh, credibility of witnesses is critically important, especially for the plaintiff. Um, so whenever these issues came to light, it just, it made that case very, very difficult. And, uh, it, uh, it settled fairly quickly after that deposition as well, but for all the wrong reasons. Uh, <laughs> my other story, uh, where something bad happened, we were, uh, representing some folks in a car accident case. Um, and we had prepped this lady for days it seemed like i had gone through page after page of medical records with her uh just trying to get her ready and talked about strategies for answering questions and with the, the really capable insurance defense lawyer that we had on the other side i had to impress upon her don't give her more than she's asking for because she's going to take it and run with it. uh but our client just it, it was like we had never met we may as well not have met um and uh, I forget the question the insurance lawyer asked, but it was pretty benign. I mean, it was a little more complicated than what's your name, but not much more than that. 
we got a seven page answer on the transcript that culminated with, oh yeah, we went and played paintball last weekend. But we're here in this case claiming permanent injuries and all this stuff. And then you're testifying about playing paintball last weekend uh, while claiming you can never work again. So uh, number one, you haven't been honest with me. And number two, that question didn't ask you what you did last weekend. So how do we get there? Uh, but anyways, that just goes to the point of uh, don't give anybody anything for free in a deposition. Otherwise, it's going to potentially sink your case. That's some good advice. Uh, and, and, you know, we could go uh, probably another hour or two telling you some stories from depositions. But uh, we're going to try to save you from that. But at the same time, if you find yourself uh, getting ready to be deposed, um, we hope that you, number one, we hope that we're representing you. But number two, hope that uh, you get a chance to talk with your lawyer. So just sort of to wrap up uh, what we've talked about is, you know, the depositions, uh, just that tool, right, is a really good tool for litigators. And it helps to prove the case. Uh, a lot of times it doesn't have to, but a lot of times it does, right? Cases are often won and lost uh, in the testimony that comes through depositions. Um, so again, think through not every case uh, requires a deposition uh, and not every position in a case requires it, but sometimes it does. Um, obviously prepare with your attorney to set the case up for success uh, using depositions. And then, like Ian just said, don't hide things from your attorney, right? Assume that the other side already knows everything, and so you need to share that with your attorney. Uh, you know, we tell clients all the time, surprises are meant for birthdays, and that's about it. Don't let your attorney be surprised about something that's really, really bad or even something that's really good, right? Make sure they, they're keyed in on all of the information. Um, and then make sure you're honest, right? And, and thankfully, I think most of our clients, for the most part, we don't have that concern. Um, but be, be honest, be truthful. Uh, number one, it's what the law requires and that's how cases frankly are, are won. It's what the facts and the truth are. Um, but if you think for a moment, uh, most stories about people that lie, right about something is where they get caught and it's, there can be criminal potential liability, but as well as, uh, civil, uh, sanctions from the attorney or from the court rather. Um, and it can it can sabotage your case, right? Just, you don't want that to happen. Um, the point of the process is to allow the truth, whatever that is, right, to come out and, the, and to hopefully tell you your side of the story. Tell the truth and let your lawyers deal with the effects of whatever that truthful testimony happens to be. Uh, Ian, again, thank you so much for doing the outline for us and getting a great topic and, and helping us with this. Um, it's always a pleasure. Doing Absolutely. Absolutely. And a big thank you to Michael Fernald, who helps us uh, with these as well. He's part of our office with uh, getting our information out. So, y'all, thank you so much. We hope you will uh, listen to, the, to this podcast again if it's helpful and to our next one. Thank you so much.